Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday session is brought to you by the badasses at More Beer. Visit them at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm jet propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think you know, it's bullshit. The, <laughs> I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys in an arm wrestle? No. No, we're going to teabag fight. Yeah. <laughs> you heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, Beer lovers and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. All right. <laughs> wow. Denny. Still moving. That artificial hip is good. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> looks great. That new knee, that hip. I went for the titanium, you know, so it's good shit. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's I can dance to it. I'll have you know, I, I, I specially moved the segment with Denny and Drew here because Denny has to go take a nap or something. Yeah, I forget yeah. what it is. i, I got to go take my meds and go to bed. <laughs> Welcome to the session, everybody. My name's Justin Crosley. We're doing this live from Club Night here in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've been talking about Club Night now for, this is my eighth, I, I think it's my eighth one that I've been to. We go wow. away raving about it. I think that empty, was a rather empty. rather weak representation of what Club Night sounds like. I mean, I've been to, don't make me look like a liar to, to our listeners. I'm at Club Night in Grand Rapids right now. <laughs> yeah. Anything. That's what it sounds like. Uh, and we're having a great time over here. I've gotten to go around and try a few beers. And uh, while I was doing it, I ran into uh, our friends uh, Denny Khan and Drew Beecham. So we got them to come hang out with us. Doctors, I guess. Uh, what's the... <laughs> back Proctol. off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> yeah. It's what, what, podiatry. No. Yeah. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. That's oh, right. Science. Can, that's how you get into the safety class, right? <laughs> oh, right? I should have known. It looks like you're just going to go shooting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Thought it was target practice. Uh, and these gentlemen are sitting with us uh, not just because they're great gentlemen, but because they've got a new book. Uh, is it out or coming out? In November it's, it'll be out. It's coming but out. You November. can pre-order it right now. Any place finer books are sold. Without knowing very, I, I know a little about the book. Uh, and I'm excited about. It. Without, I don't need to know much except to know. Right. right. 
Denny and Drew are both nutty like in their own weird oh, way. They're in, they're kind of insane. So the book must be unique, right? The, the two voices. Uh, what's the book called? What is it about? All right. Well, the book's called Experimental Homebrewing: Mad Science in the Pursuit of Great Beer. That's right. That's a very epic because, title. Because Drew couldn't think of a longer one. <laughs> So. No, our editor kept that down from 160 words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Drew turned in a chapter as the book title. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really deeply in touch with Fiona Apple, you know, yes. those, those long album titles. I really like that idea. I understand. That's, that's ironic. <laughs> so basically, Experimental homebrewing. Can I, can I reference it as that for the rest of the... Yes, sure. Okay. Yeah. No, no, it needs an acronym. <laughs> yes. Yeah. EHB. <laughs> All right, so Experimental Homebrewing is the book. And what's the, what is the concept? I mean, I get a little bit of the title, but give me the real concept. Well, you know, um, a lot of times experimental homebrewing seems to, like, you know, wild and wacky shit, you know. And there's there's plenty of that in there. Okay. But Randy already did that about as well as anybody can do it. Sure. You know? And we can't out-Randy Randy. No. So we got into the science side of things also. And we're kind of like calling this book the anti-how to brew. I still love you, John. Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> but... Because we don't tell you how to brew, we give you options that you might want to try. Okay. And we give you a series of experiments that you can use to see which of those options are working for you. Hmm. And then most importantly, we talk a lot about evaluation techniques so you can objectively figure out what's working for you and not just say... Well, fuck, man! I spent eight hours doing a double decoction. This beer has got to be good, right? You know, use some actual ways to evaluate if yeah. that happens. Yeah, right. So. Okay. Wait, hold on. I just want to make sure. I think Denny just put everybody to sleep with that description. <laughs> so, really, here it is. I liked it, Drew. Uh, well, okay, you're loud. But <laughs> I love uh, here's, here's the short story. <laughs> Mr. Wizard meets Click and Clack at the pub for beers. Okay. And that's the that's the pitch. I don't know either of those two references. Yeah. I'm not Bill, 109 years old. Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> okay, all right. All right yeah. There you go. Right. Thank yeah. you. Good. Thank you. <laughs> so I like the idea. So in, in, with by giving me the experiments, you're you're not giving me the results. You're not giving me, here's the recipe. You're, right. You're giving me a way to, to come up with my own results. Exactly, man. Uh, okay. we're, not, we're not saying that you should do this technique or this technique or this technique. We're saying you should try it and then evaluate it like this and see if you really like it or not. Don't believe us. Don't believe anybody but your own results. Got it. I was okay. going to say, if you're going to trust two men wearing lab coats I don't. in the middle of the club night, you're kind of strange. <laughs> and, and chicken beads. Oh, yeah, chicken beads. Now, I've already <laughs> seen reviews about the book. Did press copies get sent out or something? We sent out some copies to people like uh, Gordon and John and Mitch Steele and John Meyer, you know, okay. a few other people to uh, get their thoughts on it. And so uh, their their reviews are on Amazon right now. We go to the to Amazon and look up Experimental Homebrewing and see what they had to say to it, say about it. And uh, they were they were extremely kind. They were. I yeah. saw some of them. They loved this book. If only there was another media outlet that was really heavily involved in pushing the art of homebrewing, <laughs> then maybe you can get, they, they can support you that way too. We'll find somebody like Jesus. that. Basic Brewing Radio? <laughs> I can't yeah, hear you. you. I, think, I think it's Mike <laughs> cut out. I don't know. 
Denny Kahn, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I love Denny. Here's his big long description about this scientific man. Everything is capped with man. Man. Yeah. Hey, man. You got to evaluate well, the thing scientifically, man. Well, and one love of the craziest it. things in the book is that uh, our editor, for some strange reason, let us keep the kind of the back and forth that we have, which includes me making fun of him for saying man all the time. <laughs> that's right. As it should. That's right. No, as a matter of fact, Drew accuses me of being a beat poet in the book. Yeah. In the book, you let it stay in the book. Oh, yeah. I, we had a great editor who let stuff stay in this book that no other editor would go for. Uh, now it's starting to really sound like my kind of book. Oh, man. You, this book is like fun. Okay. You know? Give me an example of an experiment. Give me an example of something that's in the book uh, that, that really showcases why you did this. Tell them about your instant tinctures. Okay. Well, uh, so... Yeah, you know, we always tell people, you know, use tinctures, right? You know, if you want to, if you want to like play around with your spices, if you want to try and find out what works, you know, go ahead and use tinctures. And normally, the instructions on that what, are: can we do, what is a tincture? A tincture is an alcoholic Tinksy? extract. <laughs> it's sexting, Tinkster? but but for teens, it's weird. What is it? It's an alcoholic extract of a spice, a fruit, an herb, or something. It's basically. Uh, so I went and I took this thing and I dropped in a bunch of vodka and let it sit there for a while. Okay. And I put the vodka in the thing. So you get the and flavor can, out of out of whatever you put in the alcohol. Right. Yeah. And so part of what we walked through in the book is you know how you make these things, what they should taste like, and then te- teach you how to evaluate what they what they end up being. Okay. But one of the uh, but the fun part comes in that I'm a lazy homebrewer who is forgetful and I end up like going. Oh shit! I forgot to add that thing to the keg. Right, I, and oh, so I can't because I forgot to make it. So what? What we're going to show tomorrow is uh, you can take a stainless steel whipping siphon. You know, one of those things that you go to Starbucks and you get the whipped cream when you're feeling extra naughty when you're getting your frappuccino. You, oh yeah, baby, put that whipped cream on there. Whoa! <laughs> I got to start going back to Starbucks. You know what? He said that to me once too. <laughs> Drew is an emotional eater. All right. How can you tell? <laughs> anyway, uh, but you can take one of those things. You can throw your spices in there. You can throw the vodka in there, close it up, take a nitrous cartridge, okay. and actually use it for something closer to its actual purpose than what I know you guys use it for. Yeah, how does the nitrous cartridge ever make it into the beverage? Beverage is my first. That's how my brain works. Why am I not surprised <laughs> you said that? <laughs> but carry on. Uh, but then you just you, you charge that thing up with the nitrous, and then you just shake it and release. Okay. And in five seconds, you have a fully extracted tincture. Wow. Okay. Why is that? Uh, yeah. Because the the pressure it's forces science, the man is yeah. science man shit man man. <laughs> Daddy, I love it. <laughs> so you see, you know, like when vodka really meets a spice that it likes, and it gets under a lot of pressure, they kind of merge together. They get so so. You and know, then they when, have when the vodka gets pregnant from the spice, they get yeah. may have to get married, or yeah. else the vodka gets killed by the spice's parents. And then suddenly, when you release all the pressure, it's like a giant release, maybe a divorce. I don't I know. I think I need to shower now. Yeah, <laughs> we got a cigarette. But when do you inhale the nitrous? <laughs> That's when you release it. He'll tell you how to release yeah. it. You release it into a balloon and then go to a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, you call Bradley and you go. Is that in the is that in the experiment in the book too? Yes. That's step nine. Yeah. yeah. Right. How to inhale the nitrous. Sit down first because you might fall and hit your head. Don't that do I this at Bonnaroo. Well, I'm excited about the book. Uh, it sounds who, rad. Who came up with the idea? You guys just hanging out together and, and realizing we're missing something like this? Um, the, the publisher actually contacted Drew okay. and had this idea for this book. And Drew had just finished writing two books, 
and was in danger of either being killed or divorced by his wife if right. he dove into another one. So okay. he did. <laughs> well, he, con- yeah. he contacted me to help so that at least he had a little bit of time. There you off, go. You know? Great. So Drew's like, hey, I know, I need help writing this book. I'll call a hippie stoner, who's I'm sure works all the time. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, he's retired. That's right. Yeah. Well, you got time now, don't you, Danny? I do, I do. I'm loving it, man. I'm uh, consulting for breweries and writing books about beer, and it uh, beats the crap out of being a stagehand. Oh, fantastic. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it does. Too. Man, i got to go to work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Poor guy. Man. I call him up in the morning and we consult on the book, and he says, I got to go to work. And I say, oh, I got to go have another cup of coffee. I'm going to take a shower later. <laughs> it's right. a full day. Experimental yeah. homebrewing. It's available when? Tell me again. In November, but you can pre order now uh, at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any place you order books. You can order this book right now and be the first one to get it when it comes out. We will have book plates available, which means it looks like we signed your book. So. Buy a book and let us know, and we will send you a plate to put in there. And oh, wow, you, that's and, cool. And if you t- if you email Denny, he'll actually hand carve you one in the techniques that he learned when he was a kid. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I do now that I'm retired. You yeah. know, like arts and crafts shit. So. Yeah. What the hell is <laughs> that? Is what you're just whittling on the porch now every day. <laughs> that's right. He just he, he makes Birkenstocks. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm looking forward to the new book. Thanks so much yeah. uh, for Thank being you, on the Justin, program. Thank you, Justin. And you too, JP. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it, I bro. The JP proposed to me three years ago. Oh. <laughs> well, but can, then you turned around and was like, oh, I thought you were a chick. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. It was his great ass, wasn't it? Yes. It was. It's pretty nice. You got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yes. Hey! Only took three years. Isn't progress in California a wonderful thing? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a very quick break, like a minute. Uh, so, so stick around. Before we do, I want to thank our fine sponsor, who's actually just right behind us here, More Beer, who brings you this session. And every session, and uh, yeah, they're they're wonderful, and they've been doing it since uh, since the beginning, since yep. 2005. So sharing our ninth anniversary party with them uh, last night was was a real treat for me. More beer, right there. We'll be back, and we're talking to uh, we're talking all about Michigan beers from ingredients only made in Michigan. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Brewers Publications presents American Sour Beers, innovative techniques for mixed fermentations. Available now at brewerspublications.com and at fine brewing retailers near you. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great tasting beer and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second best grain mill. You want a monster mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster mills are tough, come in two and three roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at monsterbrewinghardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. (laughs) Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit monsterbrewinghardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Customize your bottle opener with Colab Bottle Openers. Choose from a selection of anodized colors to make your new opener really stand out. Personalize a gift with custom engravings or upload your own graphic and get them customized. Colab bottle openers are made right here in the USA. Owners Mike and Nicole knew there had to be a better way to make a bottle opener. After years as a machinist cutting custom suspension wrenches for motocross and mountain bikes, Mike brought that machining expertise to the art of opening a beer. Check out their expansive line of bottle openers, like the Craft Brewer, an opener that doesn't destroy the cap. Or there's the credit card-sized brewer's card that fits right in your wallet, the Micro Brewer keychain opener, or stick a magnet on their home brewer version and have a fridge-mounted bottle opener. Give your bottle caps some love with a Colab bottle opener at collabbottleopeners.com. For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving home brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5 gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure today. And now back to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. I'd like to have a quarter acres. 
Check. All right, welcome back to the program, everybody. We're live from the National Homebrewers Conference Club Night at Grand Rapids, Woo! Michigan. Yeah. Oh, look at all these shiny faces. Teddies and bears. It's, <laughs> it's all dudes. I know. Skin to win. <laughs> sorry, I, it's all dudes except for the beautiful. Young, there's uh, sorry. There's now several women in front. Yes. Of me. You know, you can tell how old school I am because it used to be all dudes, and look at it now. I know. This is so much better. Are you sure they're this uh, is female? This is so... Well, oh, man. We haven't there's checked a, yet. There's a couple she's I've pretty, seen walking she's around that look suspicious. Sure. You're hot as hell, but there's some, there's wow. some girls here oh. that are hung I should, pretty well. <laughs> wow, where do we go from here? Yeah. Well, I, should I met a girl who was hung like a donut earlier. Wow. Well, we're off to a good start here. Yeah, uh, the Brewing Network keeps its reputation. Come when, on, Justin, keep this it going. This is G-rated, right? When Brian's not working with the uh, Michigan Hop Alliance, he's writing jokes, dick jokes mostly. Dick jokes too. <laughs> I should take this opportunity, uh, ironically, to mention that a little later in the program, we're going to be talking about a new uh, subcommittee in the AHA about diversity. Uh, this is not a joke. We're Oops. actually yeah, that's cool. Uh, we're going to be talking to Debbie Serna just a little later about uh, diversity in in home brewing because Where was that lawyer I was um, talking to about fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, sign him up, bro. Oops. <laughs> All right. So uh, who we have in front of us uh, right now is uh, uh, Nick. Uh, Pronounce your last name for me, please. Rodimer. Okay, because I always mess up the last name. We got Nick Rodimer and Brian Tanise. I'm just fucking with you. Brian Tennis, right? Uh, 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 Brian's from the Michigan Hop Alliance. We and, are. And uh, Nick is from uh, the Brewskitos Homebrew Club. Yeah, right here yeah. in Grand Rapids. Lovely we got Grand some Rapids. other Brewskitos. Yeah. There's, there are kind of a lot of uh, mosquitoes in uh, in your state. Well, we were thinking uh, a good a good way to make an impression of club that we bring a jar of them, just let them loose. Yeah. About 15 minutes before. What an ass. That make would be you feel amazing. It didn't happen, yeah. so, you know. Everybody's at home. I think a lot of people got bitten at the at our party last night. I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. went, I know but, I did, but... Uh, yeah. I didn't really. I spent most of my time in the dunk tank, so I was fine. It's like it's like off. The drunk there. tank? They got arrested tank. last night? Yeah, time? I got arrested as in the drunk... No, the dunk tank, and I'm pretty sure oh. that Push Eject and JP both urinated in the thing before I got oh. in there. Yes. Apparently, urine's like off. That's why Push had to add ice back. Yeah. Because when I got in there, it was all warm and yellow. I yeah. don't know what happened. Absolutely. Like Budweiser? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe they filled it with Bud Light or I Bud Light so. Gelato or something. Was, there was I a couldn't tell the difference. I'm not going to lie. We talked about doing that with the ballpark because they purchased the beer for it. It's how it worked. And we replaced some of the beers they had on tap. And I was like, well, if you're not doing anything with that Miller, <laughs> could we put it in the dunk tank? Because I'd rather get dunked in that. It's still it's useful uh. for that. Might come out a little sticky, but it's like uh, stepping into the salt water. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the reason we're talking to these guys is because they did an experiment. I believe it was eight different IPAs. Yes. And all made with uh, 100% Michigan ingredients. Yeah. Right? All local, local hops, local malt. And this is somewhat local unique water. because obviously not every climate, not every state could do this uh, due to their climate. Right. Right. But you guys can grow great hops here. What, yeah. Like, fact, like we what can. kind of hops? Um. In, in this series, we did uh, Brewer's Gold, Chinook, Cascades, Summit, Columbus. I mean, the list goes on and on. So okay. We yeah, can with grow the Seahawks, we have tons. Summit, which is, Brian grows the only summit in America outside of the Pacific Northwest. I was going to okay. say, that so. one's unusual to see outside of the few farms that grow it up in that region. Yep. That's cool. We're luckily uh, one of the six farms in the United States that can grow it. It's a semi-dwarf variety, so right. it only grows 
you know, on, uh, on a ten, low trellis, yeah. basically. So yeah. it's, it's ten or twelve feet tall. We have midgets pick the hops. It's awesome, right? Little dwarves. Yeah, it's little, sweet. Little Is there a actions. lot of hop acreage in Michigan? Are there a lot be gr- being grown? Uh, we're up to about three hundred and fifty acres. I think we are now either the fourth or fifth largest hop producer in the country. Wow. Ooh, yeah, that's outside, fantastic. Wow. Outside With, of the Pacific you know, Northwest, but there's Michigan only four or five states that one. do it. So, hey, I, 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 that's not a real <laughs> statistic, everybody. I'm, I'm sure. So that, no, is there's, the, a, there's a, a lot more states trying to grow it. Yeah, okay. We've just been successful with the climate that we've had, so we've been lucky. What, hap- what about harsh winters? It's I guess the hop plant doesn't they really They go into care. dormancy. I mean, where we live last uh, winter, we got... 265 acres of snow. Wow. But uh, inches acres, of snow, yeah, not inches. acres. Yeah, that's a shitload of snow. It probably felt like it. It probably Ooh, felt like it. That's a shitload of snow. <laughs> no, but we got, you know, 260 inches of snow up there, and it just acts like an insulation. Hops need to go into dormancy, so okay, exactly. that's why it only grows between the 40th and the 50th parallel. Where we're at, um, up in Leelanau, we're on the 45th parallel, which is perfect. Yeah. It's 40, um, 40th and 50th parallel northern and southern hemisphere. Exactly. So down in New Zealand and okay. Australia, they're on the same, you know, same plateau we are. Okay, excellent. So you partnered with the Brusquitos uh, to, was it just to experiment with the different hops? Or was it for the conference? Yeah, we hatched this idea about 11 months ago. We're sitting around basically drinking beers thinking, do we really want to just show up when the conference is our hometown or do I do something a little bit more? And Excellent. So we came up with the idea with Michigan ingredients have been a real big thing in our state for quite a while now. And okay. we thought, why don't we uh, do something for specifically for club night and you know, kind of show off that we can make real good beer grown right here at home. So, And, and, and how do we get on the brewing network to tell dick jokes, I think, was the bottom <laughs> yeah. line of the whole If we thing. make eight IPAs, we can sit around and tell dick jokes for a half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Screw hops. You got to do some selling on that. But so how about that new issue uh, swank? You, you've made it. <laughs> here you are. <laughs> we can retire now. So what is the one that we have in front of us? Can you tell so, us about this beer? So right here we got a um, IPA single hopped with Michigan Chinook hops, which is one of the varieties. Yeah, that, you'll like this. Can um, we share it right here? Absolutely. I mean, there's not much, but if somebody grabs it and just pours, you know, tiny samples, you all might get some. So one of the big already have glasses. back well, at the booth as well. Yeah, one of the big things about uh, sourcing a hop from a different area is the character can totally change. And, Michigan, you know, you kind of expect a piney character from a Chinook growing up in the Northwest. Yeah. In Michigan, you get a real different character. You can probably taste it in the beer. You don't get a lot of pine at all. It's a lot of grapefruit, citrus. Uh, Pineapple has even been a descriptor people have used for it. So, you know, one of the things that uh, is great about sourcing a local ingredient is you can, local terroir is a real thing. It completely changes uh, the flavor of the ingredients. Even the brewer's gold, Brian can tell you about it. That's not a real hot hop. In most places of the country, but and it's uh, microclimates too. Where we're growing in this part of the state, our hops can taste completely different from a couple hour, couple hours south. Okay, just you know, terroir. Before we got into growing hops, we thought is a fancy word for flavor, but it there's a lot it of fit to it. It, it, it really is. describes what's happening. Yep. Nate, what do you think of the, of the hop character in the beer? I would not have guessed it's Chinook that no. I'm uh, familiar with from the Pacific Northwest. A lot less of the aggressive pine that you would expect. From yeah, it's not hops. piney at all. Exactly. More straight citrus or even tropical fruit. Yeah, that's yeah, really, really fascinating to see that genetic material express itself differently when grown in a different area. Yep. Much like taking Hollertau from Germany and trying to grow it's it completely in different. North America, it's very that's different. That's a perfect precedent. Hop. I mean, a lot of people don't like, you brew a traditional beer, you don't want to use United States versions of Noble Hops, for instance. Exactly. Well, it's the same thing with a, a, a you know, a sea hop grown in Michigan. Okay. Totally different character, yeah. and it's some, you know, some people might prefer 
experience. Some might not. But. Yeah. And we're not trying to copy the guys out in the Pacific Northwest. We're not trying to emulate what they're doing. A lot of those guys are good friends of mine, but we're trying to do our own thing and introduce our own flavors. It's not a competition that you're trying to replace no, theirs with your. We're, you're we're just seriously like the pimple on the ass of progress when it comes to hops. <laughs> okay. Michigan's got 350 acres uh, of hops. Pacific Northwest has 30, 31, 32,000. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we put in 100 acres. They're like, ooh. But, you know, the stuff we're doing here is important. It's like kind of like New Zealand. New Zealand only grows like 1% of the world world's hops but what they do is very important because it's so unique and we're you know we're kind of emulating uh more new zealand more than the pacific North yeah it's cooler okay. slightly cooler growing climate so it's a little bit different is that yeah, kind of exactly the, right? uh, you know where we're growing it's very much uh like uh, the nelson region of uh, New Zealand, mm-hmm. where they grow world-class white grapes. Right. We're growing in the same climate, same terroir, and I think some of that, those flavors are coming out, for sure. sure. If you go to Yakima, of course, it's like these 100-degree days where it's really hot and there's low humidity and yep. that sort of thing. And they grow in yeah. sand. I right. mean, there's nothing coming out of that soil. I'm, I'm not knocking those guys at all because some of them are good friends, but it's Absolutely. just completely different. Yep. And we've got a different mindset. We're not trying to grow a million pounds of hops. We're trying to grow like, you know, a couple hundred thousand pounds. And so that cooler climate has different oil development. That's what they've always said about the yep. Nelson area in New Zealand. So similar yep. type the of The aromas idea. are, you know, it's amazingly different. Very cool. All right, let's talk about the malt, too, because I don't want to see we got to do all the ingredients. So also, not every state grows barley, but apparently you guys are growing the malt here as well. Yeah, barley can be grown in a lot of different areas of the country. It's a matter of what kind of barley you're growing. Um, you know, Montana, for instance, is, has a ton of two-row. You know, a lot of the two-row you'll taste in your beer comes from Montana. Well, okay. You can't grow that same kind of barley necessarily in Michigan or, the Pacific, or um, I'm sorry, the New England. Um so you just get a little bit different character. In fact, uh, there, there's a growing trend of what we call craft malt houses. So they're small monsters. They source their grain locally, and you know they sell it mostly to local breweries. and And they did a um, at the craft brewers conference back in April. They actually did a seminar where they brewed the same beer, five different malts, five different areas of the country, five different monsters, completely di- different beers, nice. mainly because. Just picking you know, up the differences. Absolutely. The grain in Massachusetts stays different than the grain in Colorado and, you know, down in the south. And, again, it really, you know, I keep drilling that point home. but It's the soil. I yeah. mean, it's the soil. Okay. Time climates, and time again. Climates, terroir-wise, you, you create local and regional flavors. And that's, that's something that's agriculture. That, yeah, that's yeah. something maybe we haven't seen yet, maybe as, as much in craft beer. And it, it might be something you hear a lot more about in the next few years. Right. So in in the past, there were varieties that or cultivars that they would talk about from all things like uh, Her- uh, two row Clogus or right. Harrington, yeah. things like that. So are those uh, they can be grown in these various regions, or is it region specific for those as well? They can be. How they perform is going to be a little bit different. Um, a lot of a lot of areas of the country are growing heirloom varieties. Like mm-hmm. for instance, in North Carolina, uh, there's a monster called Riverbend, and they they grow a really low protein six row because their climate favors it. Now we. A lot of craft brewers don't like six row because it's high in protein content. Right. Well, they grow a nine and a half percent protein six row. Oh, that's cool. exceptionally low. Um, they also have heirloom rye that grows there that's been grown since the Civil War, and they do that because the climate supports it and they make great malt from it. So it really depends where you're at, and it, it's going to completely change. But again, it, it gives you a local identity of your product, and you know, it really it's a, yeah. that's a differentiating factor. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a large maltster here in Michigan, or are they sort of more artisan? No, there, there's two startup guys. There's Wendell Banks down in the, in the middle of the state. Um, is it Goodrich? In Shepherd, Michigan. Shepherd. Yeah. And then there's uh, Pilot Malt, which came online last year. Yeah, okay. Pilot Malt House yeah, supplied all the malt you're tasting in yep. this beer. So it's, it's all single, it's, it's Michigan single grown, malted hot. Yep, second, it, it's Michigan-grown two-row, a little bit of six-row, and uh, white wheat, which um, malting barley hasn't been grown in Michigan for... Since Stroh's left. Yeah, it's, right? basically since before <laughs> wow. Prohibition. Uh, what, but our, our wheat has been here for forever, and, I mean, it's grown in massive quantities. So we have really good wheat here. Malting barley is having a little bit of a revival. It's continuing to get better. Okay. Um, which, and, and quite frankly, it's that way in a lot of different regions. Uh, malting barley has been focused in one, really one area of the country for the most part for a long time. You're getting this revival in a lot of different areas of the country, including Michigan, and they're learning how to grow really good malting barley. Excellent. Based on their climate, you know, their soil. What you're working with, so it's really a work in progress. I mean, especially with local hop growing and local malting, it's you know, all a learning know. curve. I mean, we're learning are starting from scratch. Yeah, so. and these companies have been around for less than a decade. You know, people have been malting barley in, in the Dakotas for you know decades, and, and in Yakima for four generations. Right. So you have you have producers here in places like Michigan and you know the, the Northeast and even in the South, starting out and continuing to get better and better each year. If you revisit, you revisit. You know, local sourcing in five years, it's going to be a totally different landscape, I have a feeling. Are the people doing it, were they farmers of, of another product before who are moving over, or are they jumping right into agriculture? A lot we, of times they're, they're transitioning, you know, I mean, because yeah. there were no malting barley farmers before this. Okay. So, you know, they're looking for something to fill their acreage, and, you know, you, you have a maltster approach, you, and you work collaboratively and okay. eventually see how it goes. It's a trial and error process. But yeah. uh, results have been pretty good so far. So okay, a lot of the hop guys are uh, brand new to agriculture. I before we started growing hops, I had never grown anything legally. <laughs> right. It Wait, was... what do you mean? <laughs> I got back pay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, a lot of us, a lot of the hop farmers are. So just... you still grow hops in your house with a large halogen I, light. I right. and, uh... Where's my lawyer? That's why it's... Where's my lawyer? <laughs> That's why he knows a lot about the low, the low trellis. Well, yeah. they're, they're, they're cousins because <laughs> it fits in the. You can grow hops in the closet. That's right. Well, they're yeah. cousins. I mean, one of the biggest yeah. uh, questions that we get over cousins. and over and over. No, it's like, can you smoke these these hops? Sure. I'm like, yeah, it's your trip, baby. Yeah. You know, do whatever you want to. I have to admit, when I started this show. Back then, it was one of my. Was you, the, sm- you did the a bomb in the pops, I, didn't you? No, I, 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 I asked about it a lot because uh, the moment I found out they were cousins, right? I was like, "Oh well, shit. you must be able to smoke well, it." Well, yeah, you can graft them though. I mean, there, there's a possibility of having like 20 foot ganja plants. Wow, if you do it right, that's right. So I've heard. So right. I read a lot of it's things theoretical. online. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. You want to give out your address on the no. air? Or, uh, <laughs> maybe afterwards. Yeah. No, but seriously, a lot of. The hop guys that are coming in, in Michigan anyway, um, they're just beer nerds. I mean, they're enthusiasts. A lot of them are first-time farmers. And okay. It's actually a really good crop to get into for a first-time farmer. It's expensive as hell. It's a good ten or $12,000 an acre to plant. Is it and right? You've got all the processing costs, but yeah. it's a very hardy um, plant to start with. Okay. Speaking yeah. of the processing costs, a lot of times in the Pacific Northwest, the processing will be done maybe by a distributor or some group of farmers and things like that. In this area, has that been a challenge for the uh, once the crop is picked to make it stable? Is a bit of a not really. Uh, we yeah. we uh, we have all our own processing equipment. We brought in wolf picking machines from Germany, so um, pretty much state of the art picking machines. And we've got our own hammer mills. 
pelletizers. We've built our own dryers, and we've got vacuum sealers. So processing now is not a problem like it used to be. When we first started, we were just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know what nitrogen purging was or anything right. like that. But the product that we're doing right now is world class. Okay, cool. It really is. From the field all the way like to pelletizing. Yep, absolutely. That's awesome. And, and by the way, the homebrew is brewed very, very well. Not, you know, it's hops aside and everything else. It's a, a well-balanced beer. Hops it's really Thank a you. great beer. Well, I mean, just not that one topic. Everything about the beer is really is good. You Thank can you. taste my but DNA in this. I, that now I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it tastes like Brian. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering what that weird earthy flavor was. That's Oops. Brian. What was the percentage of wheat on this approximately? That that's proprietary. Oh, I can't it. tell you. We'll move on. A home brewer who has proprietary recipes. What? Uh, you're about to get punched in the face. <laughs> well, I just made that up. But, you know, I know exactly. I can't get that information. It's bad out. enough when the pros do it to me. If home brewers start doing that to me, that's I, bullshit. I, I quit. I'm out of here. Justin's like, well, uh, next question. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right Fuckers. along is Charlie Papazian in the house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's been great talking to you guys. Yeah. Close line. Get out of here with your dick jokes and leave. <laughs> right, I hope this isn't a dumb question, uh, as I've been another known, one and known to ask. Yeah. I mean, yeast is an ingredient, too. Is it a dumb question to ask if it's a uh, Michigan, is it a local yeast? Or, uh, it is. is um, no, somebody we, in the UP started doing it. Okay. If you count that the uh, yeast was propagated in a fermenter in Michigan, yes. <laughs> okay, but we use California local. ale. Okay, oh, use California. But there yeah, is, cool. there is also, a few people experimenting with yeast, so they're looking to do a truly 100% Michigan beer. Be yeast, water, hops, malt. Okay, all right. They could have done this in, in with the yeast in Oregon. You got you guys have all heard the story of uh, the yeast made from John Myers uh, yeah. from Rogue's beard. We've talked about uh, getting a native doing, yeast from Brian's beard. We're doing beard. a handlebar ale coming up in a couple weeks. <laughs> that would be also disgusting. <laughs> Better than the blue cheese beer we had. Justin, Justin's got I saw us. the blue cheese beer on there the menu. There is a blue cheese amber, and it's actually. It's pretty good. You, I, I couldn't try. I saw it on the menu. I threw up in my mouth just reading it. Yeah, uh, pretty good. It's a relative beer. term. The, the, Sorry, guys. The best part about the John Meyer yeast uh, story to me, I, I don't know if you've heard how it came, came about, but uh, I believe they contacted uh, White Labs, um, and they wanted to see if they could have a, a house yeast literally from the house. So they, they took samples from everywhere, the walls and the, and the, the brew system, samples from everywhere. None of it was unique. As a joke, it literally was just a, a spoof. They were like, well, and while we're at it, let's throw one of John's uh, whiskers in. Well, why not go speak It was the, the only thing wow. in the brewery that had a unique yeast strain. His Thank beer. God it was from his chin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they told us. It's, that oh. could be a, it could be a marketing thing. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, we're, we're running out of time, but I wanted to thank you for sitting with us and absolutely. sharing beer. Did you guys like the IPA? Uh, and people here from Michigan, a few of you at least, proud of, of some 100% Michigan beer, man. That's right pretty on, cool. Yeah. Well done. All right. We're going to take a, a quick break, and we'll come back, and I think we're going to talk with uh, Nicole Ernie, uh, who is a much better half of Nathan. Probably a better even what? three quarters what? of the, Maybe she's a better 80% of Nathan. Oh, and we're going to talk beer, and we're going to talk about the conference. We hope you stick around. By the way, if you see Charlie Papazian, send him over. I always get to interview Charlie, and I haven't seen him tonight. We'll be right back. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. What'd you get? 
More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. <sighs> oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh yeah. The biggest Innovation in Brewer's Yeast in 125 years is here. Yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. See it for yourself at NHC in Grand Rapids. Pure yeast and fermentation. White Labs. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit DanStarYeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at DanStarYeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and Enter to win. What could be better than great blues music and great beer? Yeah, rock your summer right at the 5th Annual Pleasant Hill Blues and Brews Festival. Saturday, July 19th from noon to 6 p.m. Come enjoy tasty beer, delicious food, and free live music. JB and Dem Review, Frankie G and the Conviction, Jinx Jones and the King Tones, Karumpa Through, and Loose Blues. Unlimited beer tasting and VIP access available at beautiful Pleasant Hill Park. More than 25 of the best in some of the newest bay 
area breweries will be on hand, like La Junitas, the 21st Amendment, Sierra Nevada, Heretic, Lost Coast, Rocksteady, and Almanac Brewing. Get your tickets right now for the Blues and Brews Festival at bluesandbrewsfestival.com. And Friday night will be a pre-party concert from 6 to 9 p.m. Come enjoy the music of Lumberyard. Don't miss the Pleasant Hill Blues and Brews Festival for great blues and great brews. Get your tickets today. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. It's time to talk beer and chew bubble gum. And we're all out of gum. The session. All right, we're back at the National Homebrewers Conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's right. And we're hanging out at uh, Club Night, which is uh, always a, a good time for everybody involved. And you know we've been doing a, a segment. It's kind of it's a rather new segment. We we didn't we started it not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, I thought we'd tie it in here at Club Night. Traditionally, when uh, we used to always do this radio show from Club Night, uh, JP and I, we stopped for a couple years and started doing some other antics like uh, Beer Jeopardy and, and Brewers Feud and things like that. Yeah. But every time we used to do the radio show, we got to to speak with a, a certain gentleman, and I, I wanted to keep the tradition going since we brought the show back this year. I just thought I, I can't do it without speaking to Charlie Papazian once again. Yeah. So Charlie's sitting here with us. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Well, I'm glad to be here. I don't know about this tagline of being the home the home brewer of the weak. I'd rather be the home brewer of the strong, the mighty, <laughs> not the weak. That's a good call. And the tired. So there the, you go. The, the twist on this interview with Charlie is this segment we've been doing for a little while is called Home Brewer of the Week. And I thought while we're here, what better homebrewer to enter to spotlight for our homebrewer of the week right. than Charlie Papazian, <laughs> yeah, right? But uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to change the name right now for this particular week right. to homebrewer of the strong. Homebrewer of the strong and mighty. <laughs> the strong and mighty. And mighty. Right. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you for being our Logic Homebrewer of the Week. Uh, brought to you uh, by our friends at Logic, Inc. Uh, you can go to EcologicCleansers.com and check out their Straight A and their One Step. Excellent and completely non-toxic and biodegradable cleaners. Uh, made for homebrewers. by homebrewers. EcologicCleansers.com. Go check it out. Yeah. So, I always start, Charlie, by asking our homebrewer of the strong and mighty, uh, how, long, <laughs> how long you've been homebrewing. How long have I been homebrewing? I've been homebrewing since 1970. Okay, 1970. Yeah. All right, okay. Uh, and uh, when you started, 
I want to know what you started with. Did you go? Did you? Were you able to go into a homebrew shop and buy a starter kit and just brew beer? Was it all grain? Was it extract? Probably a clone recipe, right? Probably some sort of. How did you do this first beer of yours? Well, to give you an idea where my beginnings were, it wasn't until two or three years into home brewing that I actually saw my first hops. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're kidding. I didn't even know what hops were except that it was on the label. It said <laughs> hop-flavored malt extract. These are in here, and they I must see. be important. And uh, it was uh, all supermarket ingredients. Okay. Blue ribbon malt extract, which you could actually make some good beer with if you knew how to do it. But I started out with a 3x5 card with about a 7-line recipe. Okay. And uh, cane sugar, baker's yeast. Malt extract. Okay. Stir, stump and dump and stir. And yeah. Then after we brewed it, it was drink and dump. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to the question: Why? You know, why did you start homebrewing? Because the, I mean, everybody here was probably just thinking those ingredients don't sound very good. No. Well, we were drinking. Uh, I was in college, drinking uh, sixty-nine cents six a six-pack beer and wow. going to keggers at. On, at the University of Virginia, and uh, there we go. It was, uh, you know, I didn't enjoy the taste of the beer. I was choking it down. Okay, yeah. You know? And then uh, this old timer, a neighbor of ours, um, invited us to his basement and okay. we tried some well-aged homebrew, and it, it tasted more interesting and better than anything we we ever bought. Okay. So uh, he gave us a little recipe, and I was on my way, and I was. Just like the home brewers and the craft brewers today, I was persistent. <laughs> I just kept at it. Kept at it until all my friends said, wow, teach me how to make this stuff. Okay. And my journey began. Wow. How long until from your first batch until people started saying, wow? Yeah. Because for me, it was like 12. <laughs> I think we got it right the third time. Nice. Okay. The third time. Pretty good. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. The secret was not to use cane sugar. We found a homebrew shop somewhere. No, well, it wasn't called a homebrew shop. It was called a winemaking shop. Got a 100-pound sack of corn sugar. Mm-hmm. And we got some little oil packages of something called beer yeast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of the Fleischmann's bread yeast. Sure. And that made enough of a difference that it was... Mm. You didn't have to choke it down. It was actually a really enjoyable <laughs> brew in the, by... 1970 standards. Sure. <laughs> and now, what about now? Let's jump all the way ahead. And, and what about now? What do you brew on now? What does your your brew system look like? Well, if you spoke with me 10 years ago or 20 years ago, not much has changed. Really? Okay. You know, it's, uh, I like to keep it hands on and simple. I don't like to clean pumps. I don't like to clean a lot of wort chillers. I don't like to uh, you know. I like to keep it pretty simple. Like stovetop mash in a 10 gallon stainless steel. Uh, pot. I wrap towels around it, holds the heat, ladle the stuff into uh, uh, Bill's louder system, which you know you just get that. I get a uh, plastic bucket with the false bottom and a okay. little sprayer and a uh, gravity fed. And uh, I know my system. Yeah. You know, I know. That's the important part. You, you can repeat yeah. beers that way. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've been doing that for. A long time. Do you still experiment with, with new recipes and new beers, or do you now... I mean, you've kind of perfected some of your homebrews, right? Do you just kind of repeat those? I do. I have probably seven or eight 
yeah. beers that I rotate okay. constantly, and and about 20% of what I make, um, 30% of what I make, uh, I'm experimenting with different cool. different hmm. directions. Excellent. New hops, new, you know, into dry hopping, different kinds of traditional lager kind of recipes, and oh, interesting. Uh, with hops you'd never think of using in a lager, and this pretty interesting and also dry hopping uh, stouts with uh, lager uh, hops you use in a lager sure uh, just kind of all over the place okay how are they coming out yeah uh, repeatable <laughs> excellent uh, excellent yeah. can you think of any example I, I don't mean to you know stump you if it's not on your brain but any examples of what uh, you know might be like a hopping a dry hopping a lager with something we wouldn't expect that worked that, that was really good well the one 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 thing that I come to me, to mind is an Irish style, style stout. Okay, you know a dry stout. Yep, four four point three percent dry hop with uh, Australian Galaxy hops. Okay, wow. And if you've ever used Australian Galaxy hops in a pale ale, you get a real mango aroma. Sure. All right. yeah. When you put it, when you combine it with dark malts, you get something totally different. You get a hint of mango if you're thinking about it, but it's this other fruit character that combines with the roasted malt characters, and it's another kind. Of, it's another experience. I find that true with a lot of dark beers. If you dry hop with with something that you know and you anticipate you're gonna you get with a pale ale, if you do it in a dark beer, you get something that's gone off in another direction. Interesting. Totally. Sound like good experiments to be doing. It's it's. That's yeah, fun. Worthy. <laughs> Excellent. All right. How I about am, you? What I have been brewing lately. See, Charlie, <laughs> you always do this to me. Brewing the big he knows, he knows I rarely, I never brew. Actually, he has a lot of nice beer on tap. He has a Pale 31 from Firestone Walker <laughs> yeah. and uh, sometimes some Heretic. It's all commercial, but, it, you know. All right. No, listen. For the first time ever, Charlie, I can answer this. I have brewed a beer fairly recently, and it was good. But that combination of those two things have never happened when you and I have spoken. Uh, I brewed a Schwartz beer. That's right. And, it was pretty good. I just, I oh, it's, my, oh, it's my only answer. To, I brewed a Schwartz beer recently. It was my first lager. Uh-huh. So eight years of brewing, and I've never brewed a lager before very recently. I did it for a competition against me and Nathan Smith, who's here somewhere. He brewed a Schwartz mm. beer. I brewed a Schwartz beer. It was just a best-in-show style thing, just a mano y mano. Uh-huh. I lost. His uh, <laughs> so mano was bigger. So it wasn't that good. But to me, it was one of the best beers I've ever made. It came out yeah. a, a nice, clean lager. It didn't really have flaws. My recipe wasn't all that great, I think, is what happened. That and Nate is a, is a badass of a, of a brewer. you got to get my book. Uh, and I, should, <laughs> <laughs> and I, <laughs> I guarantee it. I'll, I'll personally refund the money back. So I should, hey, so I should challenge Nate again. I should read your book and challenge Nate. And yeah. if I lose, uh, I get my money back? You bet. And, <laughs> and uh, just to note, my uh, the fourth edition of The Complete Joy and the second edition of Homebrewer's Companion are both coming out on September 30th this year. Okay. So oh, nice. Both of those books have uh, been totally revised and reorganized. And, uh, Excellent. The uh, fun two books, too. Well, look at all. You started it all for us. So let's get the read. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, so if I can ask one, just one more question, and, and I'm sorry to ask it, because I don't, it's a hard question for me when I get asked this. How but, tall are you? About, <laughs> about What's different my things. favorite it's ear, a, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I swear I would never style. do that. If I ever did that to you, Charlie, you can always refuse me when I ask for interviews from that point forward. <laughs> it's close, though. You know, when you started in 1970, you got into brewing, and, and, and eventually you, you started the Homebrewers Association. Did you ever, I mean, look at it now. Did you ever really imagine that there would be so many comrades in, in brewing with you? Or did you, you see what I mean? It's really, really big. And I just wonder if you thought, I can do, I can, we can make it that big, or you thought, no way. Well, as I mentioned earlier today, in the, just before the keynote, you know, whenever you drink a lot of homebrew, yeah. good beer, you can dream of anything. <laughs> and yeah, definitely, we were dreaming that's a good about point. a day, days like today. You did. Um, but then you sober up, and then, you know, <laughs> reality hits you and say, well, we, just got, we got a lot of work There's here. a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> you just made a lot of work for yourself. But it happened. It's yeah. happened, and it's... Uh, People call me a visionary because I drank too much homebrew and I dreamt, you know. <laughs> it's some old weird guy's, feeling, isn't it? In some old guy's basement. It's a fun, yeah. way, a fun way to be a visionary, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there are other visionaries that envy you as a visionary. <laughs> All right. Well, as I always like to do, and I'm sure that these folks do too, thank you, Charlie. Well, yeah. you know, it's, relax, don't worry, have a homebrew. That's right. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers. All right, we're going to let Charlie go get back to his life. i got to let you guys know about Siebel real quick. Uh, America's oldest brewing school, more courses than any other brewing school. You know they're here, by the way. You can go talk to them right there. I recommend uh, that you talk to Keith, by the way. Keith, Keith Limke, yeah. He, the guy, he's a maniac? Yep. For what? So you can talk to him about school, and he'll be serious about that. But then uh, talk to him about something else. He'll make you laugh. He will, he will definitely make you laugh. Uh, more courses than any other school, including advanced home brewing. Uh, craft distilling and beer style courses. He's professional. Uh, the professional level brewing courses available both campus based and web based. Because let's face it, most of us are uh, lazy home brewers sitting at home, and so you could do it, uh, you know, uh, from the web, and that'd be fine too. Uh, the faculty includes some of the best known and most respected instructors uh, in the world in international brewing. So go check them out at uh, SiebelInstitute.com if you're listening live, or if you're standing here in front of me. Go talk to him. You can learn more uh, about brewing. They're good people over there at Siebel. Thanks for supporting the show. Drink that beer. Yeah. I'm going to take a break. Just going to take these headsets off, say goodbye to Charlie, and then we'll come back with Debbie Serta, who's with me on the governing committee, and Nicole Ernie. Hang in there. We'll be right back. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? 
sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star Treatment today. Downtown Joe's, where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kamensky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all homebrewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoes.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's a pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew pots, a high temperature march pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon configurations. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker Pop, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. 
Easy. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well. Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. The following segment's brought to you by homebrewstuff.com who've slashed prices on everything on their website. Visit them online at homebrewstuff.com. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Just a few minutes left in the show here, which uh, listeners know when I say that it means another half an hour. At least. Uh, at least Nicole knows. Nicole Ernie has joined us, and uh, Debbie Serta has joined us. She's uh, uh, one of my uh, comrades on the uh, AHA Governing Committee uh, from from Texas, uh, Austin, Texas. Is that right? You live in Austin? Yes, I do. Austin proper? Yes, I do. Yeah. And, and Debbie is, I have learned, is one of those Texans who's proud. She's like a proud Texan. Like there's, actually, maybe there isn't another kind of Texan, is there? Proud and humble. I, okay. Yes. I'm not saying. Yeah. But a, is, it a, is it kind of a bit of a? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You won't find a 10 gallon hat Texan, but a proud Texan. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, we asked uh, Debbie to join us today because on the governing committee we did a lot of good work this year. We had our annual meeting, and we're uh, the the real theme for the meeting was was futuring, meaning we're trying to figure out what the heck we can do for you as the AHA grows. It's your membership, your own members here, and we were really trying to figure out problems that are happening and, and where we're going in growth. And one of the topics that has come up for years, actually, but we finally really, you know, I think wrangled in on it, is diversity in homebrewing. Uh, the reason being, because, you know, not too long ago we'd come to this and it would just, it would be all male, uh, all white male, let's be honest, standing in front of me uh, drinking beer. And we've always thought, how do, we, how do we change that up a little bit? How do we include more people? and make them feel welcome. And Debbie has been a champion of this since she joined the, the governing committee uh, three, two years ago? Uh, this will be my third year. This will be your third year. Yes. So this year, w- when we got down to it, we thought, uh, Debbie thought, uh, and Roxanne, by the way, uh, Westendorf, who's your chair of the governing committee now, a- along with Debbie, thought, what if we had a whole committee focusing on, on diversity? And so the diversity subcommittee was born. Can you tell us uh, more about that? Well, um, this is really a way that when we look across our membership, we see that um, we have a really strong, growing community. Uh, we now have, what, 40, almost hitting 45,000? Yeah, yeah. 45,000 members. Um, and I will say, it is very nice to come to a conference and I don't have to wait in line uh, for the bathroom. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, true. Be um, careful what you wish for. Exactly. That's one thing. <laughs> but... But I think, you know, there's a lot really in play here. The first thing is we'd like to see a lot of the 
spouses and partners uh, that are females actually be more involved in the craft, in ho- in the hobby of homebrewing. Okay. And so we want them to be more, to be able to participate and be engaged. Yeah. Um, and, and not just in the, the conference itself, but across the board and understand and how, you know, we, we see a rise in craft beer consumers with, with women. And so seeing that reflected in the hobby. But we're not just talking about trying to bring more women in. Yeah. We're looking at um, diversity in regards to um, being able to serve our members' needs, um, whatever range of age. We have a lot of members who actually have been members for a very long time uh, who are older, who may be their um, income and the way they use it is different. Sure. So how are we meeting the needs of those folks? Also, ethnicity. Uh, we do find that our membership probably reflects a lot of the craft beer consumerism. We know that the craft beer market is trying to target some of the less represented uh, cultural groups. Yep. And in the hobby, we want to be able to support those members. Absolutely. And really make it feel in- inclusive. And uh, it is one of these hobbies. I don't think that we purposely make it exclusive or feel exclusive, but we tend to be such beer nerds that it can just end up that way. And we're trying to find out ways to, to just make it not end up that way and actually feel more inclusive. Come do this with us yes. uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I think I mean, a big part of what we're going to start with is doing some information gathering. Okay. And, the, and the great thing is we have some wonderful resources um, for our members in regards to we have uh, surveys that we send out. And we ask about what are your needs, what are your wants. And we look at those very seriously and bring that back. And it helps us to... You know, kind of look at what actions we should take. Yeah. Um, and then that way, as we become more diverse, we're also able to meet evolving needs. Yeah. In fact, I would say that part of the reason it's taken so long to get this far with a, with a subcommittee or even to have more answers about how to do this is because we don't have a lot of information and the surveys aren't being filled out in, with regards to this. And so the ideas uh, were a little few and far between. We're trying to change that. Yes, definitely. And I think... Uh, Another really critical thing is think about geographic diversity. We have a lot of folks who are very well served by their clubs because they're in an urban area, yet um, if you're in a rural area, how are you getting your ingredients? How are you getting that knowledge? Um, The web is a great resource, but how many people here, you know, today have brewed with a partner, brewed with a friend or, you know, your buddies? And so, uh, and just, and I think part of that will be, is also driven by, the, le- the kind of legislation. So I think that Southeast may be mis- underrepresented because it's not been, homebrewing hasn't been legal yeah. in those states, Mississippi and Alabama. So as that kind of, you know, builds yeah. up. No, it, it makes sense. Well, I'm glad we've gotten to this point. It's, it's We're really, we're just starting. The subcommittee was literally formed on Wednesday morning when we got here. And to let you know, Anybody can be on the subcommittee if you're an AHA member. You don't have to be part of the governing committee. Uh, any one of you could join this. So if you go to the American Homebrewers Association website, you can, uh, you'll find a list of the subcommittees, and there's an email link right there. You could send Debbie an email uh, and, and become part of, of the committee yourself, right? Yes. The committee is so new, we actually don't have a committee it's description yet. today. But if you go, if you go to the... Governing Committee webpage, you will see my picture, and you click and get my email. There you go. And contact us. And so far, we have interest um, from folks from Puerto Rico, Canada, because we also are going to have an international aspect. Excellent. And that is in regards to, if we're gathering information on certain demographics here in the States and with our membership, 
we get a lot of demand. When we travel abroad, when our members travel, they get a lot of people saying, oh, let me take your brain. Yeah. And so down the line, we'll look at how we can help support those home brewers in other areas. Yeah. And to really create just a global community of brewers. Absolutely. I got asked this week by a gentleman. Uh, I want to say he was from Ecuador. I don't really remember. But he asked me. I get, he listens to the show. And he asked, hey, have you ever thought of putting a Spanish speaking uh, homebrewing podcast on your or beer podcast on your network and I was like no because I'm an idiot but that's a brilliant idea to do a, a, you know there's a lot of, our, our, of the AHA books are translated and you can buy them but audio is a little different and we're doing you know interviewing Charlie and, and other brewers and I just said that's a brilliant idea I hope someone doesn't beat me to it I, I have to now go find a Spanish speaking host uh, in California of all places uh, I, I that might be kind of hard, yeah. Justin. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe we we might do that. I think that'd be wonderful. But that's the kind of diversity we're talking about. It's not. It, it's yeah. it's really just including. And in in the international scene's growing. It's just really exploding. And they're they're starving for help and information. Yeah. And we definitely if we're, we're wanting what it is is we're not wanting to compartmentalize. We're not wanting to say oh well we do this because the way women want it. But it's about. As you said, we want to be inclusive, get people in, yeah. meet, meet needs, and actually dispel a lot of myths. I've spoken already to someone who's Filipino, said, I want to dispel the myth that all that Asians only like this style. Okay. I want to dispel the myth that women only like fruit beers. Right. And so the idea is that then I think the target is when we look at home brewing and we look at how you know people kind of understand better how to message their you know their needs. Sure. Well, thank you for doing it, Debbie. I appreciate your efforts on the governing committee. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, Debbie Serta, she's working for you. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. All right, we're going to get JP back over here, and uh, we're going to try to wrap things up uh, with Nicole Ernie. She's going to stick around so that we can talk um, about, uh, well, the week a little bit and what fun we've had. Oh, but yeah. About club night in particular, because uh, Nicole uh, generously offered to me to go around and do a little club night research for us uh, about what's going on out there. Hard work, I know. It's hard work. Club night is always so exciting, and when people can't make it to NHC, that's kind of the night that you're hurting the most. You're sitting at home, you're going, oh, I wonder what cool stuff I'm missing out on, right? So um, I walked around, and I tried to find some of the fun things that uh, some homebrew clubs brought brought to the table here today. Which always happens here. Yeah, Love there's it. always some cool stuff. There's some great costumes out there. Speakeasy seems to be the theme of the year. Of the year. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've nice. seen at least three, some some flappers walking around here. Some pretty I great saw the flappers, I will admit. Yeah, uh, I think most uh, straight males did notice the <laughs> flappers today. Yeah. Yeah, from all the way across the room. <laughs> yeah, they were uh, noticeable. Uh, but uh, there were some really cool things happening at some of the booths. Uh, the the Glass City Mashers uh, had this really cool mechanism. It's this big, tall tree. It's probably, I don't know, 10, 12 feet tall at least. And it, uh, it ha- holds kegs on it. So the kegs uh, all lean I on it, it. Yeah. for gravity dispense. So it's like uh, they, they're using uh, corny kegs. But they're uh, they're they're all uh, gravity dispensed. Uh, so the branches of the tree essentially are these are corny kegs, up, yeah. And the corny kegs are upside down, and then they have what, like picnic taps? Yeah, or they something? have picnic taps kind of hanging from the tree, kind of okay. like vines. Looks really cool. If you haven't been over there, uh, if you're if you're here, you should go check it out. They That's have pretty sweet. Lots of English uh, English beer styles on up there. Um, so they've been calling it the the real ale tree. Okay. Uh, Charlie Bazian walked up to it and uh, said, "Oh, that's a nice gravity tree." So they're going, oh, God, okay, I guess we've got to rename this thing now. It's, yeah. it's been christened by Charlie Papazian. Right. 
So uh, two things happened there. For one, it was Charlie Papazian, and two, that's a great name anyway. It's the a Gravitry. great name, the Gravitry. So rebranded the beautiful Lost City Brewers. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, oh, another a fun costume thing that I noticed the the HA. If, if you've ever been to NHC, you have seen Crispy Fry. Crispy, yeah. <laughs> uh, also um, on the governing committee and all around good dude. Great guy. He he's known for wearing these loud Miami Vice. You know, sports coral, coats, right? teal, you name it, sports coats, sometimes with a Hawaiian shirt underneath, usually with shorts and sandals. Yes. So as a surprise to him, the entire a- uh, AHA and BA crew uh, dressed like him today. I saw that. And they all put on a crispy name tag in <laughs> case you weren't familiar. They all put a crispy name tag. So that was, that was some good fun. I heard that, so it was a surprise to Crispy, and I was told that it brought a tear to his eye, that he got a little teared up when they came in, because he loves the... This guy loves homebrewers like you wouldn't believe. And so when he came in and, and saw the HA like that, he, I think he got a little teary. Oh, so he's, he was flabbergasted. I talked to him a little little while into the yeah. club night. If I can mention for him, because I know he'd want me to, and since we're at club night, uh, this is big news. And, and a lot of us don't go to the members meeting. And frankly, I, I go because I'm on the committee and I have to be there. Uh, but there was a lot of good things happening. And so Crispy's been working on this for years. He's been concerned that homebrew clubs don't have insurance so that when you go to have your meetings at whether it be a homebrew shop or a bar or wherever it is there's no way you know what if something happens and for years he's been rejected people have not it's, you know they couldn't find somebody who would do it they finally found somebody there is now a, a homebrew club insurance policy and they're going to be releasing it to you guys soon they announced it at the members meeting and it's super cheap it's like uh, and you don't have to do much of anything you, you go online you go to this page you fill out your name, your club name, how many people, and it's like $3 a person per year, and you're covered. And you fill that out, you send in the money, and like 24 hours later, you have an insurance policy. So I know insurance policy is not a very sexy topic, but it's an awesome thing for clubs who want to have their meetings elsewhere. So pay attention to the AHA uh, uh, website, and uh, they should be sending an email. And that's something Crispy accomplished this year that he's been working on for a long time. So I'm proud of him. Yeah, excellent work. Yeah. All right, what else around Club Night? Oh, man. So I think my favorite booth, honestly, was the Oshkosh Brewers. They had a, a log run theme. Maybe it's because all the guys were dressed like what, lumberjacks. Maybe that was part of it. <laughs> they, were all, they were all wearing their flannels, dressed like lumberjacks. or some fake axes back there. Are you sure they weren't just hipsters? <laughs> no, because they had the axes, and they had they had logs and branches. Okay. But they, uh, they built out around their uh, jockey boxes with logs, all their... Uh, uh, Faucet handles were, were branches. Nice. And then around the jockey box, they had this water loop running around. And in that loop, there were these little sticks that looked like logs. Yeah. And they were weighted. So they were planed and flat on one side and wow. weighted. And on that weighted side, there was a number. Okay. Um, but when you put it in the water, it just bobbed around and, and went in a circle. So you, if you couldn't decide what beer you wanted to try, which it's hard. You walk up to a homebrew club, yeah. they have 30 beers on. You're like, I don't know, you know. Yeah. You ask some guy's opinion or some gal's opinion. You don't know whether to trust them or not, you know. Right. Um, they look a little shifty. Or, yeah, or especially if you're a lady. You know, somebody's trying to pawn the fruit beer off on you. You're like, no, I don't want that, you know. Right. Uh, so this is great because it completely randomizes the process. Maybe you try something you weren't thinking about trying. Or, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you pick up a log. You flip it over. It has a number. You're like, okay. So I tried a, a great Belgian Golden Strong or Belgian Dark Strong Ale from them. It was quite tasty. It's a great random way to do it. It was it was it was a blast. It, people are always offering me fruit beers too. Does that mean they look at me like I'm a little like I'm a lady? Well, they know that you really like smoothies. 
Oh, I do like smoothies. I know, they're so Beer good. and smoothies, that's all I need, man. If there was a Jamba Juice on every block, I'm a happy guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. There's not one for like 10 square miles. I'm not sure I should be speaking about this publicly. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's lots of cool stuff out there. All right. Um, I found some fun beers to try, too, if you want to taste some. I do want do to we taste some. Yeah, okay. mine just got empty. Oh, my, my usual, uh, do you think you could pour them, actually? <laughs> Teetering on this tool. You um, mean to get it for try, you? Start with the so brown you, one. So you don't fall over? These are two different ones. Oh, so let's oh share I see. This one. Oh, start okay. with the brown one. Got yeah. It. Uh, so usually, you know, when I come to these things, I'm like, okay, I want to try some good, you know, German-style beers, things that you don't typically see commercially available. But this year I felt a little different, I felt a little frisky, I guess. So I went for some uh, unusual off-the-wall beers. So this first beer that I have uh, is from, oh, let me know. It's from the Chicago Homebrew Group. Homebrewers Group, yeah. It's from a brewer uh, named uh, Tarcisio uh, Duran. Uh, and it's a soured Belgian dark strong ale. And he came by and he talked to me a little bit about it. Uh, so we had a Belgian dark strong ale, uh, normal fermentation. He pitched some uh, Y-East Brett B into it. Um, didn't quite like the flavor profile he got, so he went ahead and he uh, added some more bugs from um, East Coast East. And uh, kept it going. And then he blended it back with some normal Belgian dark strong ale, which I think is really what makes the beer work. Um, because he could get exactly the amount of that characteristic that he wanted in the beer. Um, so what you get is kind of all of the really tasty uh, kind of burnt sugar flavors from the Belgian dark strong ale. Along with some pleasant sourness, just a little bit of the barnyard for ethyl phenol. Uh, some nice complexity there. I thought it was fun. And I have to admit, this is usually not my cup of tea. Okay. Um, and so I was excited to find an example uh, that uh, really works. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's drinkable. It's refreshing. It's not overwhelming with the flavor. The base beer is really restrained. And I think blending really helped make it work. I could not possibly describe better than Nicole just did, oh, except to say you, you don't get this back. Oh, damn it. <laughs> this beer came out awesome. Yeah, it was delicious. It was exciting. No, it's a, it's a, it's an excellent beer. I like that you point out that it's not, it's not really your cup of tea, but then you, you found it and you're really happy to find the style that you like. That's one of my favorite parts about, uh, homebrew conferences in general, you know, uh, whether it be homebrew campouts. You end up finding a beer from some homebrewer that changes your mind about a style. Exactly. And you go, oh, that's what it's supposed to be like. That's and the that's, best thing. Yeah, that's always fun. You find somebody that can make it, you know, that's thinking like you are. That, yeah. That's making making a great beer. So that was an exciting one. Oh, uh, side note, um, I meant to tell you about this before we went on the air, but another member of that of that group uh, did note that he uh, took video of Bevo's dunking in the... Is that right? In the, <laughs> in the dunk tank. Well done, sir. Well uh, done. And he uh, posted it on Facebook. Oh, he it's tagged, already up? He tagged Brewing Network, so... <laughs> All right, I guess I you find know. it on Facebook right now. Sorry for outing you, Bevo. But. Bevo bravely got in the dunk tank. She tried to say no to me, but in the end, Bevo never says no to me. No, she secretly wanted to do it, you could tell. Um, what's funny is that when Bevo got up there, people got really motivated, and I think she got dunked five times in yes. about ten minutes. All of a sudden, everyone could hit the target. They hadn't been hitting the target yeah. for uh, half an hour. When Nate was up there, people either were too drunk or they just weren't motivated. They're like, oh, like I kind of no. want to dunk somebody, but Nate's kind of a nice dude. No big deal. Bevo tricked us too. <laughs> if you weren't there, well, I guess our listeners weren't there. So she she walks up to the dunk tank, and she's in a white T-shirt. And I'm like, Bebo, you did everything I asked. You're, you're doing the dunk tank. You've got the white T-shirt on. This is amazing. She Then she starts to take it off. And the homers are going nuts. And she takes it off, and she has a black tank top on underneath. She ruined it. My lifelong dream to see her breasts was foiled in a moment. 
terrible. <laughs> terrible. What about that diversity committee? <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, liking breasts doesn't mean I don't like... Di- I like different size breasts, if that matters. Different type colors. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. It's fine by me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. So another really weird thing that I got to try uh, that somebody recommended to me while I was walking around the floor was uh, a, a beer made with beets. Really? Yeah, not beet sugar, but actual beets. Okay, so, I'm put off already. Uh, I'm already you're nervous. You're not a beet guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you're if you're not a beet guy, it could be a little tough. Okay. I love I love beets, so right. that's part of it. But uh, homebrew Michael Crave from the Kansas City Beer Meisters. Um, apparently he has a whole line of, of beers he's made with beets. Uh, this one is a Berliner Weiss okay. made with beets. Uh, he, I heard, perhaps incorrectly, because uh, he wasn't there, uh, the beets are roasted first, which I think is a great idea. You get a lot of the caramelization. Uh, you you uh, open up all those star- starches and uh, make them fermentable by cooking them. Uh, but what they were doing is they, they had the Berliner Weiss. It tasted pretty good on its own. Um, but in the spirit of it being a Berliner Weiss, they made a syrup to add to it to sweeten it a, a bit. Uh, and it was a, um, a lemon-honey syrup. Uh, this doesn't really taste like a beer at all, to be honest with you. But it, I found it really interesting and very pleasant. You know, okay. when you're working with beets, you could really go south. Stan Hieronymus filled me in. He's in that homebrew club. He was like, yeah, one of the first beers he made with beets, he forgot to peel them. And that didn't work out so oh, well. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so the, tricky to work with. But this is a great example of a brewer who not just said, I want to work with a weird and unusual ingredient. But I'm going to work with a weird and unusual ingredient. And I'm going to... Work with it until I can make something that works. Okay. Um, so I, I I really like that kind of um, t- um, tenaciousness and, and the approach. Yeah, so, we've all been to club night where someone's like, "Oh, I, I made it with Rice Krispies," or "I made it with whatever," and they don't. They're just doing something weird, and then we're supposed to love it because it's weird, right. not actually perfecting the the weirdness they're trying to do. All right, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I know you're not a beat guy. It smells like beets. It has a beet aroma, so it has that that roasted beet aroma. So if that's your if that's your favorite salad that you get every time you go out to eat, you're gonna love this. It tastes like beet salad. It does. I mean, because you get the it's a little sour from the Berliner Weiss, that clean yeah. lactic, and then with the lemon syrup, kind of blends directly with that. It has this bright lemony, crisp lemony zip in the finish. Yeah, <laughs> um, I actually kind of like it. Yeah, do you like it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't I it do great? Kind of like it. I'm still going to take the other one, but I kind of like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good beer. One of them more. <laughs> I, Nicole, I love talking beer with you. I, I love talking beer with you like I used to love talking beer with Jamil. Now, Jamil's busy now, but when he used to, when he first started the show, after the show every time, we'd sit around and taste beer, and he would describe beer to me. And I learned so much about it. It was so enjoyable. And now that's you. Oh, thanks. I, you're so good at describing beer and, the, like, relating it to another flavor and... I just, I appreciate it. I'm just appreciating what you do. I appreciate it. I like it a lot. Yes. She's, Nicole is great. She has an amazing palate. You are good at what you do. You can have your beats back, though. Okay. This is replacing my smoothie for today. Yeah. By the way. It is, is it healthy, too? Like, yeah. you feel well, like we get I'm the nutrients? I'm assuming so. From... I just have to remember not to be, like, scared or worried tomorrow morning after drinking this. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly is a crisp lemony zip to this beer. That's for sure. Trademark on that term, I believe. Uh, TM. Yeah, yeah. You, you might think of selling it to Cicerone or BJCP, whoever wants to use the... Uh, you can you can use that as long as you use the trademark. As long as you put it on there, yeah. Because you get five cents every time that's written on a score sheet. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> royalties are going to be coming in. All right, anything else that we can't miss? Because uh, we're running out of time. i got to do some more beer stuff. Oh, man. You, you know, br- you found so much. We couldn't possibly cover all the fun things that are happening tonight. Uh, but there, I see some great dispense systems out there, a lot of ingenuity. The Homebrew Club's really brought it this year. They so. did. Uh, thank you, Grand Rapids, for hosting us and the Homebrew Clubs for being here and doing this. It's been amazing. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap things up, uh, and uh, we're just going to go party now, I, I think. JP, you want to come say goodbye to the to the people? JP did a Dr. Homebrew earlier today, which I heard went very well. You had uh, Gordon Strong sit in, and I think Nathan Smith helped you out as well. Yeah, they did and, really uh, well. Uh, so thank you for doing that, JP. Of course. I had a good time. Uh, thanks for your help all week. And uh, anything you would like to say to the crowd before they uh, throw things at us? I, uh, th- I, I was talking to Nico, yeah. Nico Brew, and uh, he's like, what have you had that's really good? And I said, well, I'll tell you, I haven't had a terrible homebrew before. So c- give yourselves a hand. Uh, yes. No terrible give yourselves a hand. That yes. is quite an accomplishment. It's actually a big step up, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, there, we've been talking about how the, the beer got better and better since, since we started. Absolutely. There was a, I'm not going to say where, but there was a little blip in that trend which started to worry me. In Oakland. This year. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was my beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but, but now we're back on the up again. This, right. There's a lot of good homebrew going on. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. A lot of sour projects happening. Uh, and, yes. and it tastes like intentionally. <laughs> right. Which I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're really good liars. This yeah. is my sour. <laughs> yeah. My Flanders brown. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so hoppy? Oh. I, I intentionally. <laughs> isn't it a good idea? It's I'm pushing the envelope. This is what yeah. we do as home brewers. <laughs> all right, home yeah. brewers, go party, go have some yeah, fun. Get out Thanks here. for staying with yeah. us. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to Grand Rapids for uh, for hosting us. What a great city. And uh, we'll see you maybe in San Diego for the next NHC. Absolutely. All right. Thanks to More Beer for sponsoring us. And uh, cheers. We're Thank you, here. Justin. Charity.